Hello, listeners. Welcome back to our series finale. As you know, we recorded the following discussion way earlier in the fall, way back in late September, in fact, and we just got a little tied up and busy and never got around to editing it until now. And as our listeners will very likely know, since we recorded all those months ago, there has been a lot of let's call it activity in the law school world, to put it mildly, but maybe fewer changes in the admissions side than you might think. It may feel like so much is in the air for applicants, and that is a very natural feeling to have. But from our perspective in admissions, we are still doing the same thing we have always done. We are still considering your application holistically. We are still working to build an incoming class that is dynamic and engaged and that will be academically successful and friendly and contributing members of our community. All right, with that, here we go into the second part of our in-person series finale discussion. As a reminder, this conversation picks up right after we discussed our pet peeves. You know I love a pet peeve for applicants and admits. Enjoy. What is a myth we haven't busted yet? These are all my favorite questions. Pet peeves, myth busting, you know, it's all that, you know, you know me. What's a myth we haven't busted, but we need to bust? This is hard. We busted so many We've myths. tried to bust a lot of myths. Yep. 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 And we've already, I think, I hope busted another one today, which is like that numbers are the be all and the end all. Okay, I've got one for you. Okay, I'm, so I'm I'm waiting with we're in breath. we're in recruitment season. Oh, so let me answer that. I'll make, I'll try to make clear. I'm answering this for Harvard and then what I know from you. Okay, of Yale. okay, okay. We're in recruitment season. We do ask you to like sign in for events. We've we've got your name. We might have it in our system, but no one is looking back to see whether you were engaged and like. You know, you get a, another point if you went to a webinar or something like that. Agreed. And I think. I do think applicants – I think there's a narrative out there, and maybe it's even true for some schools, that you have a higher chance of admission if you engage in all of these events and that we're going to actually, like, look back and dig dig up, you know, the fact that you came to a webinar in 2019, and we're just not. I agree with that completely. And I think the source of that is that I think at undergrad, a lot of undergraduate institutions, I have no idea for other law schools, it actually does matter. Yeah. I think that they do want to see that you've visited, you've taken the tour, you've shown up to their stuff, which I actually think is terrible. I, I, I hate that, that that may be true. It is not true for Yale Law School. No. You know, I hope you come to our stuff. We put a lot of effort into it. We hope we want it to be helpful. We're putting it on because we hope that it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's what the goal of it is, not to, to track people's attendance to see who's interested and who's not interested. That's a great myth to bust. Related to the handshake thing, too, I think also um, – there's a myth that if you just get in front of us for a personal handshake, a personal moment no. at a law fair, we're going to remember who you are. And then when we read your file, you'd be like, ah, it's so-and-so. Sarah. It's Christy. Exactly. She was so amazing when she shook my hand at the law fair. Her, her shake was so firm and not clammy at all. Sometimes oh, God, they're, they're clammy. so clammy. I know. They're so <laughs> clammy. I hate it. I really hate it. Um, yes. No, I, I – and look, like we're humans. It's not that I don't remember people. It's not that we don't connect with people. But it, I, I intentionally try not to have that do mm-hmm. it. I, I'll be honest. And this has only happened maybe two or three times over the course of years. There have been a couple of times where I feel like I have connected with an applicant and that they followed up with me by email and we've ended up like talking enough where I feel like I cannot be objective anymore and I have intentionally then not read their file. 
I have mm. sent it off to someone on my team. And that happens extremely rarely. I can think of one, actually. Uh, we, we did end up admitting this person, um, and he's a current 1L. But I felt so biased by all of my – and he was a reapplicant. So, uh, you know, it had so been a multi, multiple years. There was multiple years of multiple interactions that I asked a colleague to read the, the application to just avoid me feeling like my personal interactions, which had all been extremely positive, were going to influence how I viewed the file. Because it just mm. felt unfair, frankly. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now for the opposite of a myth. What is a cliche about law school admissions that is actually true? I, I have like one. I don't know if this mm. is a cliche. And actually, maybe maybe this is only true sometimes. So I think it's kind of a cliche that like admissions people are extroverts. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true, that that's a cliche? Maybe it's not. I think that's a cliche. I think it's usually true, but it's definitely not always true. I have no. some people on my team who are introverts. I think I'm an extrovert. I am as I well. I think you're an extrovert. I'm an, like an extreme you're extrovert. You're an extreme extrovert. Um, both of us are. And I think most of us in admissions are, which is why I think it's like a true cliche. But I definitely have some colleagues who are not, who find like the in-person stuff really draining and then have to go and recharge. So maybe that was like a bad example, but that's what popped to my mind when I thought of a cliche. Maybe because both of us are definitely extroverts. Well, the nice thing about admissions is, yes, you've got these big events with a lot of people, but then you also have the season where you are reading quietly yeah. by yourself. So there's there's something for everybody in our offices. In our, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Okay. So what's a real cliche that's true about admissions? I mean, there's this cliche, and I don't think applicants believe it, but there's this cliche of like, it's a holistic process. No, that we is true. A, it's true. Oh, my God. How it many, actually is. <laughs> how many times during admission cycle do you say holistic and comprehensive review, holistic and comprehensive yeah, review? whole person whole review. Whole person review. And then you're so sick of saying it, but it is. It's totally true. That's exactly what we do. Oh, can I bust a myth? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so I, I, I see this every year on Reddit, and I hate it. No, we are never admitting people who just because they're connected and they're always like, oh, my God, who got into Yale with like a low LSAT or a low GPA must be someone who like donated a building. That is not true. Okay, that is just like flat out myth busted. Not true. That is never the case. Christie's not doing it. I'm not doing it. Absolutely untrue, myth busted. It's offensive. It's offensive to me and what I'm doing. It's offensive to my students who are amazing. Anyone who is getting in with like lower, quote unquote, lower numbers is getting in because they're exceptional, because they've demonstrated academic ability in other ways. And you can you can bet your bottom dollar that there's something like exceptional in their background. And it's not because they're the child of someone important or because, you know, a family member donated a lot of money. So like, please stop saying it. Every time I see it, like I, you can tell, Christy can tell, I'm like getting enraged. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, pounding the table. I'm like offended. <laughs> She's pounding the table. <laughs> I literally folks. pounded a table. That's like a myth busted. We don't, we do not do that. Okay, thank you. Letting me have my my rant. If I don't rant, it's not an episode. Yeah. So that was my official my official rant. Um, okay, hard truths. What's something applicants don't want to hear but need to hear? Okay, some applicants, I think, realize this, but for many applicants, I think um, it's it's really important to keep in mind that you might do everything, quote, right. Like, you might write an absolutely beautiful personal statement. You might pick letters of—excuse me, let me start that over, Ryan. You might pick recommenders who write fantastic letters for you. You might get that resume 
just where it needs to be in terms of formatting. You might have made choices in your life such that you've got a lot of excellent experience to draw on when you discuss why you want to go to law school, and you still might not get in and or rather, you still might not get into a particular school and like you have to be at peace with that because often it's not about you. We are not, I I think sometimes admissions officers are deified as these folks who are passing judgment on you as a person and your accomplishments, et cetera, et cetera. What we are actually doing is building a class. There's so many amazing people who could be in either one of our classes. And so many fabulous schools that those people can go to. Yeah. And the the dice might just not shake out in your favor and give yourself the moment to be like, this is a real bummer. You know, I, this is something I really wanted. Obviously, you can feel disappointed, but A, don't take it as a judgment on you as a person or a judgment on your life. And B, you just, you have to be at peace going into this process. You have to go in eyes wide open, knowing that your dream school might not work out for you and yet you will still be a lawyer. And maybe a really amazing lawyer. Yep. I will just sort of say, maybe reframe that in a slightly different way, as I think it's really important and a hard truth for some people to hear. You have to focus on yourself and your application, and you need to stop focusing on the pool yeah. and trying to, to manage the timing and what is everyone else doing? And, you know, oh, my gosh, I just saw an Ellis data that, like, my stats twin got in. Oh, my, what does that mean for me? None of that is the information that's out there is such a tiny piece of what's actually going on behind the scenes in admissions offices because it is truly the cliche of holistic review that those numbers that are available publicly are not telling anything close to the whole story. Focus on yourself. Do the best version of your own application. And to the extent that you can, and I, 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 I'm not saying this lightly, I know how tremendously hard it is. That's what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Let go of the pool. The pool is out of your control. It changes every year. It's out of our control, and it changes every year. And, you know, that that is a really, really important thing that I think would lift a lot of this anxiety. And I think I was lucky when I applied because it, it truly was a black box. There was no—practically, <laughs> I lived in the non-internet age. You know, there was no Reddit or forums, or at least if there were, I didn't know about it. It was much easier. And I think it led to a lot less stress and anxiety than what I, I feel terribly, what a lot of applicants are going through now. I have another hard truth. Okay. And I, I love think, it. I think this hard truth is— particularly resonant for our two schools, uh-huh. which are schools that people grow up dreaming about uh, attending. And they admire people out in the world who attended our schools. And sometimes I think they can af- in- conflate admission with a guarantee of all life goals. Right. You know, if I get into Harvard Law School, I will clerk on the D.C. Circuit. You might. You might not. And it is not the end of the road. And I think I, I see this in a couple different stages in the legal profession, too. Um, I see this when people are interviewing for public interest fellowships. I see this when people are thinking about clerkships, where if you start to think about these processes as achieving a prize, yeah, then you can get so fixated on just simply getting into a school that you forget that actually... It's really more like you're, you you have admission into an opportunity, but it's not a guarantee of everything that will follow from it. And in some ways, the hard work has just begun. Yeah, it's, this, it's the flip side of what you said before. The same way that not getting in is not a judgment in any way on negatively on who you are as a person. Getting in is also not a judgment on who you are as a person in a positive way. Yeah. 
you know, it, all it means is that you've been admitted and you get to be a member of the class and we're super excited to have you. But it, it doesn't mean, oh, my gosh, you're better than other people or that you've now achieved all of your life's goals. Right. You might go to Yale Law School and still not become a law professor. Yes. Right. Or go to Harvard and not get that fancy clerkship. And you yep. know what? It will be okay. It really will be. In both cases, it will still be completely okay. All right. I think it's your turn to ask us questions okay, now. Okay. This category is more like a <laughs> super self-referential. Super. Now we're really like reflecting I, I, on I, our I, life. I, right. <laughs> I, me, mine. <laughs> I think that's a Beatles song, right? <laughs> I, me, me, mine. Okay. Um, super personal. This is getting personal with personal questions. Yes. Knowing what you know now. If you could go back to 2018 when we both started, would uh, you still take this job? Yes. Same. That, I would. That's easy. What would you have told yourself at the time? Or what would you go back and tell your 2018 self? That's a good question. I would tell myself to be less hard on myself, I think. I think. And to go slower. Mm. I wanted to change lots of things. I wanted to develop lots of new programs. And I wanted to do it all now, 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 right away. And I think that I've done some of what I wanted to do, not all of it, but much of it, but only because I slowed a lot of it down and took the time to figure it out and develop collaborators and allies and I think that was like a big learning lesson for me, the importance of, you know, slowing things down. I, I call it now with my team, like planting the seeds and watering them. You know, mm. you have to really just let things grow. Uh, or, and it can take years for the, some of those things to develop into where you want them to be. And it's not a failure. That's not a failure. That's a success. I would, have to, I would go back and tell myself, this is not all on you. Right. And I think my first year in the role, I had this sense that it was my responsibility and my responsibility alone to convince every person we admitted to yeah. attend HLS and to convince all these people in the world who might have self-selected out of the application process yeah. to really put their hat in the ring for the school um, and to make sure my team was really happy and satisfied in their jobs. Every and, minute of every <laughs> exactly, day. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and I don't... And, um, I, I'm much more sanguine about that now. Yeah. Right? Like, if this is not all my responsibility. Um, yeah. Just because you're the leader doesn't mean it all rests on your shoulders and your shoulders alone. Right. I mean, and, and I, I've had conversations with my team about this. You know, like, what would happen if we did have 100% yield? And that would be a disaster, you know, because we haven't, we haven't projected for that. So, like, in a weird way, you know, we, we, we need for some people not to come every year. And we, we expect that. And that's normal and okay. And, and the first year, I just felt like such a failure every single time someone withdrew to go to another law school. And as you said, it's not. It's not a personal failure. People are making the right decisions for them. Mm -hmm. And it's like a constant re-reminder that, it, you know, it's my job to tell people what they need to know to make the best decision for themselves, whether that's YLS or otherwise. But, And I've learned to stop taking it so personally. Same. Yeah. Next question, what do you like about your job? And then conversely, what do you not like? So I really like my team. I have a really, really good team and great colleagues. And I think that's, as you know, someone who's worked at lots of different places, I think that's like a huge, huge part of 
um, like job happiness is like in the people you work with. And the way I describe it when I get asked this question is I like that admissions is like a weird mix and very few jobs are of like the retail and the wholesale. Mm. So like the retail is like the one-on-one, you know, talking to applicants, meeting with them, engaging with them, talking to current students, you know, getting to go for lunch and coffee and catch up with them, which I find really like invigorating and fun and just rewarding. But also there's a lot of policy and strategy involved that you get to have a big hand in developing and implementing and um, advising on. And that's really nice too. So you're really operating at sort of that retail level and that wholesale level simultaneously. And not a lot of jobs allow you to kind of frame shift in that way. Mm -hmm. What about, oh, and what don't I like? Oh, you do this one first and then I'll think about what I don't like. I mean, so the thing I like the most is, th- is my students. Yeah. And I think, how, do, how would I phrase this? Going into this job, I don't think I had anticipated the extent to which keeping up with current students and stopping in the hallway and and asking folks, you know, oh, what ended up happening with that yeah. event or something. Like, yeah, who's your small group professor? How do you like that? Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. And I it's, know, it's amazing. It's, it's a key part of my role in yeah. a way that I, I'm not sure what I anticipated. I didn't have enough frame of reference coming into this role to <laughs> to really know, but that, that's something I like the most. The other thing I really like about admissions work is I like the cyclical nature of it. Uh-huh. You do recruitment event after recruitment event. It's so fun and you're traveling. And then just when you're like tired of getting on planes and getting on Zoom, it shifts into reading season. And then the months go by and you get to the point where you're like, oh, I can't read another application. And then it's over and it's yield yeah. season. And it's time yeah. to plan events. And then you're like, oh, I can't possibly review another catering order, <laughs> right, right. and then yield season ends, and you go into and the it's summer, summer, and it's like strategy, and then you've got strategy coming out your eyeballs, and you go back to recruitment, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, I agree with both of those things. And yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't think I realized that when I left my job at NYU, the one thing I was really afraid of losing was getting to work with current students, because that was all I did there, and I don't think I realized how much I would still get to do that, and it's what I think I missed the most about COVID, mm-hmm. is how much that was just kind of lost. And now that we're back on campus and I get to have coffee and lunch and hang out with the current students, it just it feels fantastic. So what don't I like? I find that the workload, you know, during the cycle itself is frankly kind of too much, especially I have three little kids. My husband works a ton. And it just feels honestly overwhelming at times. You know, it's not five days a week. It can be seven days a week. It's, you know, early morning to like super late at night. And it's just really hard to balance. I find that the lack of work-life balance is is a lot. So this is something I, I think I would have told myself in 2018. I was coming from a law firm job where it was bananas all the yeah. time. Um, and then it would be really slow for two weeks. And then it would be bananas again. And it was that was scary because it was like you couldn't really plan your life. And it was really intense. And then it was really slow. And in admissions work, the intensity is not to the level of law firm life but there's no consistently, but it's consistently intense when it's intense. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I think because I was comparing it to working at a giant law firm, I had assumed that I hadn't assumed that I was going into a straight up like nine to five easy hour job, but I had assumed that it would feel markedly different. And it doesn't honestly, No, it just feels like relentlessly intense. Yes. And I have to, from in October to May, yeah, which is our October to like not quite May, but October for us till like early April. Yeah. And, and that's I, a long chunk for it to be really intense. And from May to October, if you let it, you could find 
work and projects oh, yeah. to consume every moment, but I've you, you have, have to, to not. you have to carve it out. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, especially when you as both of us do have younger kids. Yeah. Has the job this is a good segue. Has the job gotten easier with time as you go into your fifth year? And in what ways? And are there ways in which it's gotten harder? Yeah, I mean, of course, I think all jobs get easier as you get used to them. You know, you I think the first year it felt like I was in a fun house, you know, one of those like horrible fun houses where like something's jumping out at you all the time. <laughs> Did you know what I mean? It's a really and, good parallel. Because it's like a cycle, right? And But you don't know what's coming next. So like, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, crap. Like we haven't we need to start planning the admitted students program. We should have done that two months ago. And it just sort of jumps out at you, you know, or, oh, like shoot, it's like transfer season. <laughs> like, what do you mean? We needed to put the application online. Like everything just felt like like barely getting by. And then year two, you remember 75% of the things and you're feeling a little better. By year three, you've like nailed it. Uh, so it's so much easier when you know the cycle. Like you, It felt like that when I was litigating too. Your first few litigations, everything, you were like, what the heck is happening now? And by year, you know, by the time you've been doing it for a few years, you, you know the rhythm of litigation. Like now I know the rhythm of admissions. And so it's definitely easier. It is harder in the sense that, you know, it's it's like anything that's routine. You have to, like, re-motivate yourself every year, and it, it's not novel anymore. So I think that that is the part of it. It's like the flip side of kind of knowing what's coming is you need to, to find a way to be re-motivated. The thing that's gotten easier for me is the emotional ups and downs. Yes. And— I am just so much more at peace with the fact that— You get less attached yeah, to that, every individual. You're like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you're going to go somewhere else. It's okay. That's cool. Yeah, same. Um, which isn't—I mean, I'm still emotionally invested, but I don't let myself get hurt feelings or yeah. sad feelings in the same way. And I don't get worked up over things that have— could have gone better, right? right? So one example is we send out these prospect emails to thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, we send out these prospect emails and sometimes on Reddit, people will be like, why are they trying to... Why are they trying to trick, trick me? me? Yeah. They're trying to get my application fee so that they can, I don't know, yeah. go out for steak dinners. And my first <laughs> my first year, I would be like, I would read this stuff and um, I don't want to say like my feelings were hurt, but I wanted to go, I wanted to reach out into the internet and be like, no, like that's not our intention. That's and not I'm what like, we're doing. <laughs> meh, whatever. Every this is year, every year. Every, every year. year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Things just don't. Or, or um, you know, I will be on a virtual event and I'll find myself blabbing and blabbing and blabbing. And my first year, I'd be like, okay, let me like take notes for myself to make sure it goes better next time. And I still kind of, I, I try to improve, but I'm like, yeah, it was sometimes fine. it's going to be fine. Yeah, it was fine. Could have been better. Next time will be better. Or not. Or not, right? <laughs> it was good enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. What is some advice you give to every new staff member when you hire them to work in your office? I always tell people that they're going to make mistakes and it's fine and they need to own it. Tell me about it. We'll fix it. Totally. And obviously we should do our best. It's important that we're super professional. We work extremely hard to minimize mistakes, but that it happens. I make mistakes. We've all done it, but not to like be freaked out yeah. by it. 
Um, that's something I just have two new people who started. So that's something that I said to both of them. I also always try to recenter at various points, all of us, not just new people, but myself too, on like what the core of our job is. It's really, I think, easy in admissions to get distracted, you know, by, you know, setting up the mailings and event planning and all of this stuff. But like at the end of the day, our job is to admit a class. And the core of that is reading applications, assessing those applications, making the best possible decisions about the applications you have. And so there's points where you have to remind yourself, remind your team, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we read files, we make decisions on those files, we think about assembling a really strong class every year and not to get distracted as it's easy to do with all sorts of peripheral stuff, which is important, but not the core. We also had two teammates, new teammates start this summer. Um, And one thing I told both of them is this job is so much more satisfying and you will be better at it if you have a deep understanding of our students and our student body. So I expect you to go out and meet students. I expect you to learn people's names. I expect you to say hello to them when you're buying your lunch in the cafeteria. And I... um, I make everybody go to at least one student organized event per week that they're around. So obviously if they're if they're traveling during recruitment season, then no. But I, I go to one student event every week and I sit and I just absorb. And I have found that it helps me connect better with the student body. It helps me talk about Harvard Law School in a more mm-hmm. informed way. And it helps me better envision applicants and think about how they would contribute. I think I strongly feel that engaging with the current student body makes me better in the selection process. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. Because I, I say this, they're like, what is the best thing about Yale Law School? And the thing I always say is our students. Like that, they're the community. Like the community that students are coming into is the student community. Yes, they're going to have amazing relationships with faculty. Yes, they're going to meet and be mentored by alums and hopefully network with alums. But their primary, most of the time, connections are going to be with current students. And that's what makes, I think, it's such a special place. And I agree with you completely. It's it's what what makes it so fun, it, you know. It's is, what makes it special to work there. Yeah, it's what makes it, that's what makes being in higher ed really fun. Yeah. That's what, that what I love about higher ed is being in a place that's filled with like young, younger, not that we're so old, but like younger, excited, passionate, amazing students. It's the best part. What do our students know about us that our listeners wouldn't know? Um, I think my students know my favorite coffee shops around. I have like very strong coffee preferences near and not so near the office. So when I meet students, I'm always very clear about where I will and will not drink coffee. Mm. Yeah. I think my students know that I eat a lot of pizza. So huh. in the <laughs> in the Hark, our dining hall, there is kind of there's like a noodle station, a sandwich station, a barbecue station. There's right. the hot food line, and then there's the pizza station. Right. There's always cheese pizza. There's always one meat-based pizza with sausage or pepperoni or on on it, and then there's always one veggie pizza. And I will buy two slices of pizza multiple times per week, and I put honey on top of it. There's sort of like oh. a pizza toppings area. Interesting. And it's the usual things like oregano and red peppers. Right, right. And there's a honey thing, so I I like to put honey on my pizza. Interesting. And it's something the students are like. What are, are you doing? And one student joked with me recently. He was like, do they keep the honey out, like, just for you? I've never seen <laughs> anyone else at the school I, use the honey. There's definitely, like, pizza places that I, like, sort of cool pizza places where they do, like, Mike's Hot Honey, like the spicy honey on, like, pepperoni pizza. That's, like, a whole thing. So I've had that before, and it's delicious. 
But I've never had just like random honey on just random pizza. I know. I'm open. I'm open minded. I'm skeptical, but open minded. Um, trying to think what else, if anything, they know. They know about us that no one else would know. I don't know. I have to noodle on that one a little bit more. Christy, this is sad. It's very sad. This has really been a journey over the last three years. I think this has been one of the most special things that I've done in this job. One of the biggest surprises and one of, uh, I think, a big success. I Look, I don't want to overstate it, but maybe I'll just say it. I, I actually think this is one of the best projects I've been involved in in yeah, my career. Yeah, me too. I think it's been really – it's been fun, and I think it's had, I hope, an impact, a positive impact on, on people. And I, our, I think both of us hope that these episodes will live forever. You could go back to them. Yeah. We tried to make them as evergreen as possible. Um, so maybe even a couple years from now, maybe we won't even be in our roles anymore. And hopefully applicants in the future can listen to these and get some nuggets of advice. I, I certainly, certainly hope so. All right. So we started with thank yous. I think we're going to end with thank yous. I don't think we can help it. So thank you again, Ryan. Are you going to miss us? I am. Are you just saying I that? Really I am. No, this has been a great podcast to work on over the last few years. Aww. I do look forward to editing your new episodes every week. Thanks, Ryan. We're going to miss Ryan. you. You've been awesome. You've been awesome to work with. Thank you. I think our next thank you goes out to all of the guests who have appeared on this podcast. Too many to mention, but um, they have all contributed their thoughts, their time, their energy, and their voices to this project in a way that I think has made it really special for us in terms yeah. of the experience of putting it together. And I hope really special for applicants because they will have heard from a whole variety of admissions deans at a lot of different schools that have different processes. Yeah. No one ever said no who we asked. Everyone was so generous with their time. Uh, and we asked people we really admire and who are we view as mentors and people we, we deeply respect in, in our industry. So thank you to all of our guest stars. And of course, to our listeners. Of course, to our listeners. We, I think both of, both of us expected that people would listen to this podcast, but I think we've been really amazed at the extent to which it's taken off over the years. And people come up to us and they're like, I listen to your podcast. Right, when, you, when you talk to them on the phone, they're like, I recognize your voice, which is so weird, so weird, actually. And it's been nice. It's been nice to feel that the impact that we hope this would have to help people has, I, at least for some people, been true. And I think our final thank you goes to one another. Because, thank you, Christy. Thank you, Miriam, because we have really made it through a big project together yeah. and, dare I say, developed a real friendship in this process. We had a friendship going into this, but I think it's really deepened it's our— It's solidified it for yes. sure. Yes. And we work really well together. We I was just about to say we work really well together. Um, I think we should do what we always ask our guest stars to do, which is final words of wisdom. What final words of wisdom do you have, Christy, for all of our all applicants out there? The answer is going to be no if you never ask. You have to put yourself out there and you have to put your hat in the ring if you want something. And if there's and if your heart is telling you that you want a job or a leadership position in a student organization or a spot in an incoming law school class, go into it. Try it out. The, the worst that happens is 
you end up with a no, and then you're in the exact same position as when you started. Yeah. You win zero of the games. You don't play. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's always one of my top, top pieces of advice. I think the other piece of advice is to play your own game. Don't play someone else's game. Uh, be yourself. Be your best self um, in, the, in this process and also in law school. Don't worry about what other people say you should do or how someone else wrote their application or, you know, what goals and dreams other people have for themselves. It's, you know, what major someone said, oh, they like this major, they like this extracurricular. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you want, what you enjoy, what you like, your own goals and dreams, what's going to make you happy, successful, uh, and the people who love and support you, your family, your closest friends, your community. That's what matters. Um, at the end of the day, like you get this one shot in life and you want to live it the best way for yourself. And so I, I really think to focus in on yourself. And if you can answer those questions, your application is going to really resonate. It's going to feel, as we said earlier, authentic, uh, and it's going to feel real. And and then you're going to know whatever happens at the end of the day that you, you did it the best way that you could. And um, I think that's all you can do in this process. For the last time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. To Navigating Law School Admissions with Miriam. You got to say and it. And Christy. And Christy. We out. That's out. it. We out. <laughs> <laughs>